So for me, doing it for myself, I found really hard, but making it about the people who I'm meant to serve. And it's like, okay, I can actually do so much good. I love going through the drive through and leaving a hundred dollar bill for a tip. Like that lights me up. Right. So I make it about the people who I'm in. And then the more money I make, the more good I can do. Mm-hmm. So creating that promise, I think can just really help anchor you into the person of why you need to sell because selling is not sleazy. Yeah. We need to sell in order to be seen. Hey, babe, welcome to the sales and social podcast. I'm so freaking excited that you are here with me today. Are you ready to simplify your sales and learn to sell in a way that feels good, but also brings you in more consistent cash? If you find yourself feeling like you're doing all the things on social media, but it's not converting, you feel like you have inconsistent cash months, but you desire more reoccurring revenue, and you just want to sell in a way that feels good without feeling salesy and also have a lot of fun on your journey to entrepreneurship, you are in the right place. Hey, I'm Jillian. I'm your sales queen and your soon-to-be podcast BFF. 22 years in the corporate sales space, losing my job during the pandemic, having no freaking idea what I was going to do, but knowing that I had a God-given talent for sales, I quickly shifted to the online space, where I have not only been able to grow my own personal business from zero to 500K in just 18 months with nothing more than a Zoom link, a paper planner, and a whiteboard, I've helped hundreds and hundreds of others scale their businesses and explode their sales. So grab your beverage of choice, a pen and a paper, if you're anything like me, And let's dive into today's juicy episode. What's up, babes? Welcome back to the podcast. I'm so excited today because not only do I have my friend Gina on, she is also a fast talker. So you guys are going to get so much info in such a short amount of time. But Gina, before we kick off the episode, tell my audience who you are and what you do. Absolutely. First of all, thanks for having me. I'm so pumped to be here. My name is Gina Keeping. I'm a on paper, I guess I'm a mindset and business mentor, but I wear a lot of different hats, I run a lot of events. I'm a podcast host as well. And my whole entire mission is to help women rise up and go after what they want. I feel we've been suppressed for way too long. So I help women with that all on learning piece and keeping it real at the same time and just helping women get to their next level, whatever that is. I love that. I think the way that you and I actually connected was we, I think you were on like a coffee chat or six figure something. And you said like keeping it real and keeping it real was literally like one of my taglines in my business when I first started, like no way. Yeah, we had t-shirts that said like real girl, keeping it real, like all the things, because I truly believe that that's like the key to success in business is like just being your like authentic self and keeping it real. So let's start there. Like, why is being real so important in business? Ooh, well, for a lot of different reasons. I feel I was a teacher. I retired myself early. So for 15 years, I was a teacher. And I think watching kids conform for so long and watching the spark disappear, you know, I feel it's so important to really honor who we are and to let our, our individuality shine. And then when I came into business, I had this craving to see people the behind the scenes, what they were doing, how they were doing it. And I didn't, I didn't see it. I didn't see people sharing the real stuff. And I thought I was doing it wrong. And when I started growing my business, I was like, I don't want anybody ever looking at me and thinking that they have to have it all together to have success. So 
I used to be a person who kept everything close knit. I had to be superwoman. I didn't show emotions. So I think for most of my life, I wore so many masks that when I came out, if you will, I'm like, no, 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 I'm going to share it all. I'm going to share everything. And I want other people to know that growing a business is hard, that being your true authentic self can be challenging. And I don't want people to think they're doing it wrong because it's not represented. I love that. I talk about that a lot on the podcast. Like, I think that we wear so many different masks and it's like, oh, now I got to put on my coaching mask or my podcast mask, or I'm going into this program to teach. And it's like, if you just show up as your authentic self at all times, like that's when you truly become a magnet, right? It's like, I just came out of a coaching program two minutes before this podcast. And it was like, I'm the same person as I'm going to be on this podcast right now. And then I'm going to go teach in somebody's program after this podcast. And I'm going to be like the same fucking person. And it's like, if you try to be someone different, you actually lose like your authenticity. And that's, that's your magic. I agree. And I always say like, you are your secret sauce. Like that's one of my taglines. Like you, you are it. You don't have to be like everybody else. And I think because we grow our businesses online, I think sometimes we lose that. So I just want to be that corner of the internet where I'm reminding you that you're already freaking awesome. And if you want to stand out, it's just you being yourself. And I just truly believe that to my core. Yeah. And I think even from like a content standpoint, right. It's like, I think we we try to like conform to what everybody else is doing or everybody's colors, or I got to show up a certain way. And it's like, again, like that really is when you lose like your magic. Right. So I love that. So obviously, yeah. this is a business podcast. You're a business coach. You love to talk about money. And I love to talk about money, obviously from a sales aspect. So let's talk about why you are so big on helping women like rewrite their money story to make a whole heck of a lot of money. Oh, I love this question. And a past version of me would be shocked that I would be on this podcast talking about money because I was a teacher. And when I like I was a person who was first person in the building, last person out, and I didn't get paid for overtime. I just had the salary. Right. Mm -hmm. So when I came into the business world, I carried my lack mindset with me. And when I came in here, what I noticed was that I felt that I was greedy if I charged for my services. I felt that I, because I was doing work that was helping people that, you know what, I had to charge like nothing or give it away for free. So I came into this world with so much passion, but not having a rate of return. And I almost had to throw my business in, you know, throw the towel into my business because I was struggling with money mindset. I knew I was meant to make impact. I knew I was meant to do big things, but the money mindset was stopping me from really stepping into my truth and doing what I was meant to do. So I had to have a come to Jesus moment where I was like, you either learn to get on board with this or you have a very expensive habit. And I wasn't able to leave my teaching career making no money. Mm-hmm. So I really sat with it. And when I get introduced to this world, how I showed up changed my work and how I brought in money changed. And I just felt like it completely transformed my whole entire life. So naturally, when something works for me, I had I'm just so passionate about showing other people how to step into that and how to change what us, especially as women, believe to be true about money, because we've been told some really shitty things. And mm-hmm. it's not true. It's simply not true. It's not. And why do you think like women, even more than men, really struggle with this? Because men can sit around with other men and talk about money all day long. But I feel like women really constrict when we talk about money or we're like judge when we talk about making a lot of money. I think so, too. And I think even going after something untraditional, there's judgment there. But I think if you look back, you know, to earliest times, the man was always the one who went and got the money, who made the money. The women was the caregiver. So 
realistically, we're still early in this transformation phase of the role of women. Mm -hmm. So I think it's kind of stemmed from there. And I think women like you and I, who are willing to have these conversations, we're changing the dialogue, which is amazing. And I just think it's our environment, like our environment controls so much. So for so long, women had this only role. And now we're realizing, wait a minute, we get to change this. But I think it's like years and years of like this generational uh, information being passed down. And by the time we're gone, it's going to be women are going to be taking over the world. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm definitely all about I mean, I'm definitely all about that. I mean, I have a daughter, she's 21, she's getting ready to marry another female. So I'm like, all about like, women together, changing the world, changing the dynamic, changing all of the things. So like, I'm all about women, women, yeah. women, all the things. So I absolutely love that. So now we're here and we're like, okay, women are going to change the world. Women are uh, want to rewrite their money story, but like, I'm all about like the how. So how do women rewrite their old money stories? Absolutely. So I kind of use two practices and they are my signature frameworks that I use. And I, I don't talk about them often on podcasts. So this is the first time I'm sharing this, this I'm framework that I use. It. <laughs> and it's incredible because it's helped thousands of women actually change. So because I've taught people my whole entire life, I feel like I have this inside story and in how people learn. So mm -hmm. there's a lot of like, just take action, which is great. You do have to take action, but I really believe that there's a little bit of internal work that needs to happen and acclimating if you will, before you can actually step into this. So I created this thing called the bullshit brain framework. I and I made and it. Let's be honest, our brain is full of a lot of bullshit. It is. And it's only doing what is designed to help us. So I was like, you know, we, we have to work with it. We can't change how our brain works. And I'm a geek. Like I have, I had to really look at the science behind this stuff before I could get behind it. So I've created this acronym from the word brain, and it really just helps me tap into a little framework to help me. This is what I need to do to follow. So the B stands for Betty. So I call my alter ego Betty. <laughs> I love it. I think everybody can have an alter ego, by the way. That's such a good so book. Too. If you guys have not read the book, Alter Ego, such an incredible book. Incredible. And so for me, the the Betty, this stands for the bed, the old version of me who I want to step away from because I feel when you can take your thoughts and go, wait a minute, this is not really me. You're not your thoughts, right? And I think sometimes we take these thoughts personal and we go, oh, that's me. No, it's not. Your thoughts are just conditioning. So I, I start with calling out Betty and being like, hey, Betty, I see you. Mm -hmm. Then I have an R. So BR for the, for the brain. Mm -hmm. This is a step that I feel it's becoming more mainstream, but I feel like I've been doing this forever and it's regulating your nervous system so I, right and like my kiddos I used to get all the challenging children in my class and all the kids with behavioral issues because I knew how to help them regulate we cannot change if we don't feel safe yeah. affirmations will not work if you don't feel safe so learning to know that you're safe within your body and like even just taking a moment regulating breathing it's a huge step in changing any belief that you have then it's the A, I ask myself, is this thought really true? And who does it belong to? Mm -hmm. Whenever you sit with your thoughts and you go, is this true or is this really bullshit? Usually yeah. it's not true. And then the I in the brain is instead, what can I believe instead? Okay. And then the N is what's next? What action can I take with this new belief? Mm -hmm. So I feel like when you learn to walk yourself through a framework and our brains really cling to frameworks mm -hmm. because it allows us to really go through the steps. So I have used that time and time and time again to help me disconnect from those thoughts and then create a new belief system. But for me and for a lot of my clients, 
I think we need to really tap into knowing that consistency is the key. Mm -hmm. So for me, I'd love to say that works and then perfect. But even to this day, I've created a sales promise for myself to help me remind me why selling is so important and why I love selling. So I have like four little things and I would really encourage those who are listening to create your own little sales process or promissory. So Mm -hmm. when you are feeling like, oh, I got to go sell, this kind of takes the pressure and the ickiness away. So I want to share with you. I actually wrote them down. So I will make I love this right now. Even I'm like leaning into this. Oh, good. And I I literally have it taped like in my, on my phone. I have it like in my bedroom because for me, selling was really hard. I I really struggled and I believed all of those things. So for me, these are the four things I tell myself all the time. Number one, it isn't about you. Mm-hmm. Like it's cute to think, Gina, that this is about you, but it's not about you. This is about the people who who you're meant to serve and who you're meant to help. Yeah, and I it's truly, even also yeah, not about you when they say no. It's not about 100%, you. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Yeah. And exactly. This is not about you. This is not a personal game. It's not something that you need to be attached to because we love story, right? So it's really detaching and not making a story about the yeses or the nos. Mm -hmm. My second one is if you don't sell, you can't help. And somebody else less qualified is going to get hired in your place. So for me, that's always that little, oh yeah, like somebody else is going to help. And I'm the one that's meant to help. The third thing is like, I am so excited about my offers because they change lives. And I truly believe that if you can't get excited about your offers, how can your clients get excited about your offers, right? And then the fourth one is like, the more I sell, the more I help. The more I help, the more money I make. The more money I make, the more good I can do. So for me, doing it for myself, I found really hard, but making it about the people who I'm meant to serve. And it's like, okay, I can actually do so much good. I love going through the drive-through and leaving a hundred dollar bill for a tip. Like that lights me up, right? So I make it about the people who I'm in. And then the more money I make, the more good I can do. Mm -hmm. So creating that promise, I think can just really help anchor you into the person of why you need to sell because selling is not sleazy. We need to sell in order to be seen. Yes. And I love that you said that about like the $100 tip, because one of the things that I love to do is I love to tip big. It's like one of my favorite things, because I what I love is that I know that after I tip big and I leave, like I have made a difference in that person's day. I've made a difference most likely in their family, right? Whether I've left $100 or $50 on a coffee, like whatever it is, like I know that I have made an impact in their day because Let's be honest, if they're servers, they're not they're not having most likely an abundant life, right? So I love the fact that I'm able to like bless them in some sort of thing. Maybe it means they can stop on the way home and do something nice for themselves or buy something for their children. And I know that like it's gonna be a it's an impact right now on their day. So I love that you said that too. And it's like because I've been able to work harder and I've been able to make an abundance of money. I've been able to bless other people. And I think once you know your why, you also like want to sell more, right? Like one of the things in my brand or one of my core values is like, I love to give a lot of money to make a wish. Like that's a huge thing. I was a make a wish kid growing up. So it's like, I know that the more that I make, the more that I can give, right? I know a lot of people want to make a lot of money because they want to go on trips or they want bags or whatever it is. Like, that's not my mission. So it's like, I want to sell a fuck ton of stuff because I want to give a lot of shit back. And it's like, that gets me even more excited to go and sell and serve other people because it's a win for me. 
it's a win for them. And then it's a win for who I'm going to bless with that money down the road. Absolutely. And I think that's what it's all about. I think it's this full circle moment because I think, you know, maybe maybe you can relate, but how I've been brought up is like, oh, if you have more then you're taken away from somebody, but it's not no. like I look at the person who I remember seeing she showed up online and she shared how much money she made. And I was like, wait, there is another reality out there. Like what? I can actually leave my teaching career and do something. So for me, it's less about, okay, you know, the money piece, but money is important, but it's also showing other women that you get to have it all. Like I'm about burning the rule book and really empowering women to want more, to go for more. Like men don't, like men don't have these conversations. Like men don't go, oh my God, like, should I be? No, they just, they claim it. So I think the more we talk about money and the more we normalize it, the more you're going to see women standing up and asking for it and going for it. And and that's what it's all about for me. Yeah. And I think you can like unapologetically like talk about it and be okay with it. And it doesn't always have to be like, I bought a car or I bought a house. And I think if that's your why, then that's fine too. But like, I know a lot of very wealthy women that are living very normal lives, but they're blessing people or they're saving it or they're changing generations to come or, you know, whatever it is. I mean, even like I do very well in my business. I live a very simple life. Same. <laughs> like, yeah, I live a very, very, very simple life. And it's like, there's a few things that I spend money on, but for the most part, like you wouldn't know it from the outside perspective. Right. So it's like, yeah. cause I want, I want to bless other people with that money. You know, I want to take care of my family or strangers or whatever it is. So it's like, you know what your why is and why you're doing it. Yeah. And I think that's really important because I think a lot of people don't know the why. I also think sometimes when you see somebody making a lot of money, it's like, oh, I should want to make that much money. It's also normalizing that you get to make whatever you want. Like there literally is no, there, there, there are no rules. Yes. And, and I too, like I love blessing my family. Mm-hmm. I, from the beginning, even when I was a teacher, I knew I didn't want like a big giant house. Now I'm ready mm-hmm. for an upgrade now, I'll be honest, yeah. <laughs> but I do love helping other people. Like I'm a grandmother, believe it or not. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's amazing. You would never know it. I know. So uh, my husband had um, his daughter when he was 14. She's been in my life, our whole entire lives. She's 29. She just had a baby, but I love helping them out. I love helping my family out. I love sending money to my parents. Like I like doing those things because those things make the biggest difference for me. And I know when you were saying back then, like the hundred dollar moments, a lot of people don't have abundant lives, but I like giving abundant moments where you can bless somebody and be like, Hey, go buy yourself a treat. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's time for us to normalize it. I mean, even something as simple, this is like the simplest thing. I was at the car wash the other day and there was a guy in front of me who was trying to pay for his car wash and it was a higher end car wash. I live in Scottsdale. It's like $18 for a car wash. And he was trying to pay for his car wash and it just wasn't working. And he kept saying, I don't know why my card's not working. And they were like, well, sir, the reason the card's not working is there's not enough funds on it. Right. And everybody behind us, you could tell was getting frustrated because the guy's card wasn't working. And I was like, here, put two car washes on my thing. One day and one for next time. And it was like, it was what, like 40 bucks, but it like made him, I'm sure like one feel better. And like, I just want to bless him with a car wash. And it's like, that's why I do what I do. Like, I Mm want to be able to bless other people in like the simplest ways. 
Absolutely. I feel that deeply. And I think that's so important. And, you know, it's all about bringing other people to the table and showing them that they can have that too. And just doing that round circle moment of just giving back. I, th I think once we do that, er everything changes, but I think we do need to normalize this conversation that it's okay for us to talk about money, that it's, we're not selfish if we talk about money and really taking responsibility for our own money story as well, because we all have these stories that were passed on to us. They're not our own. You know what I mean? Like the whole money grows on trees. I had that one. You don't spend a penny you don't have. Save, you know, all those things which were handed down to us in the most loving way. But we get to choose what we believe about money, what we believe about anything really. Right. Yeah. So it's, for me, the, the bigger picture, too, is just empowering people to believe what they want to believe and know that there's other possibilities. I see so many people, especially like past teachers or current teachers who are still teaching my past friends who are in positions that they are miserable. Mm -hmm. And I see so many people working in conditions that they're just they're not living. They're working to live. Mm -hmm. And. I will continue to talk about this till the cows come home because if they can take a grain of that and start to change their lives, like we're not handcuffed. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what are some of your like favorite money books? People that are listening to this right now and they just want some like great like resources. What are some of the money books that have changed it for you? Amanda Francis. I, I so love her just book. Such a good book. I gotta be honest. Uh, Napoleon Hill, always a top. Those two I keep going back to time and time again. I also love Denise Duffield. And I also love my business partner, Emily King. She has some great meditations and that kind of stuff too. So those are, are some of my top people. And I think it's one of those things you got to be plugging into all the time because yeah. society is telling you constantly that it's not cool to talk about money, right? So it's that thing where you, you have to be intentional. Yeah, I love that. So people are listening to this podcast right now and they're falling in love with Gina as much as I love you. How can people work with you? What do you have going on? Tell us all the things. Amazing. Well, I actually, I haven't taken on one-on-one -on -one clients in forever. So in the new year, I'm taking on one per quarter. That's it. Amazing. Um, and what, is, yeah. what does that look like with you? Like what does a one-on-one -on -one client with you entail? So for that piece, it's usually four months. It, it's usually a little bit of Voxer. We do one-on-one -on -one calls once a week and Voxer is a communication app where I go back and forth and it's like having your coach in your pocket within my business hours. There's that, but my most popular program is called the Moneymakers Club, yeah. which is super fun. And that starts- What January a great name, by the way. I know, we love it. <laughs> I'm a club where I make money, like sign me up. Right. But it's just normalizing, right? It's just normalizing like you get to make the money that you want. And we're all about heart centered businesses too. So obviously impact and, and big hearted people are who we help. And that's an eight week program where we take you through money mindset, knowing your money archetypes mm -hmm. and really just creating like new wealth for yourself and just dreaming big and rewiring what's possible for you. Like we we really get our clients to dream big. So those are the two main things. I have an in-person event here and then we do our big shift event in September. But yeah, those are those are the big things coming up here in 2024. I love it. So I actually, fun fact, I actually have more Canadian clients than I have US clients. So when you said you have an event here, tell us where here is. Ooh, here is St. John's. Isn't that crazy? I have oh, more, that is I have, so cool. Yeah, I have more Canadian clients than US clients, which is very interesting. 
Oh, that's amazing. Well, I've already sent some of my clients your way, by the way. So <laughs> thank you, by the way. I appreciate I've been, you. I've been looking for somebody who talks about selling because uh, selling is, is why I do it within my programs. I yes. feel like that is, that's you. So when people thank come you. to me now, I'm like, go see Jillian. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate you. So my event shift is a personal development event and it's here in St. John's, Newfoundland. We've had people all across Canada travel. We do it once a year mm-hmm. and it literally is an incredible transformative, transformative. <laughs> event where we just we show you what's possible we shake you up we support you our testimonials are just off the charts with this event and it's life-changing and Mm -hmm. if you wanted to check that out you can uh, go to jointheshift.ca where we have all all the information about upcoming events but the date just changed it's supposed to be in may but we're now doing it in september so that'll be up and uh, in change soon but we would love to have you there it's it's an incredible event Awesome. So for all my Canadian friends listening to the podcast right now, you guys all know who you are. Go over, check out Gina, check out her event, get to know her, get into her world. Gina, thank you so much for being here today. It was such a pleasure to get to know you more, get to talk all things money with you. And you guys, great to have you on the podcast today. Gina, thank you so much, my friend. Thank you so much for having me. It was a blast. Of course. Thank you so much for tuning into the Sales and Social Podcast. If today's episode has you fired up and you loved it, could you do me a huge favor and leave a review over on Apple Podcasts or take a screenshot and share it on social media and don't forget to tag your business bestie. And while you're there, connect with me on the gram at the Jillian Murphy. I'm on a mission to change the mindset of sales. I want people to love sales because the reality is sales is the foundation of everything you do. It's how your business generates revenue consistently. So show up and be unapologetic about selling because once you fall in love with selling, babe, sky's the limit. So I'll catch you on the next episode, but until then, feel free to slide into my DMs because I cannot wait to get to know you better.